0: The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who likes to run around without a shirt on. Welcome, Jacob.
2: It's like, well, every once in a while, it's it's kind of rewarding refreshing every once in a while <laughs> why thank you some of us can't get away with that <laughs> why thank you let me co- introduce our co-host a man who just wants to with world domination with long flowing white hair i don't know why he has white
1: hair welcome drew <laughs> you know some days you just have to learn to let it go <laughs> okay anna anna whatever <laughs> <laughs> also joining us and loving all this disney commentary jokes we just threw at each other is uh-huh. our is the captain of the retro rewind pod welcome francisco
3: hello guys or, or should you? i say roy hi roy <laughs> no you should not say that brand Cisco. let's say it together all Francisco, we're not in california
1: there ain't no golden gate outside <laughs> Oakland There's is far away yeah. been there beautiful city I'm sure you have how are you doing Francisco
3: I'm doing pretty good guys well uh, in the next still young we'll see how things trans- transpire but so far so good. right
1: yes anyway and that you're... wasn't
3: to get you guys that wasn't to get my
1: life <laughs> All right, y'all yeah, ready to jump into the spoiler-free section of the review of Fire and Ice? Yes. Let's burn it up.
0: Certified fresh and spoiler-free.
1: Francisco, why don't you lead us off? All right,
3: so... Uh, I think you're the only one who saw this before. Yeah, I saw it like as, uh, you know, a very, very uh, a hearty five-year-old, maybe... <laughs> So this what a movie, movie to watch in, at five. Wow. Right? I don't know why. Uh, I mean, must so, have been the edited version. I doubt it. My Growing up, we were pretty much allowed to watch radar movies at a young age. I don't really know why, what my parents. Uh, uh, oh, I have a, a, some semblance of what my parents were thinking, but I'm not going to out them about that right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, I did watch this when I was a kid, maybe because my parents thought, oh, it's a cartoon, it's gonna be fun. But um, yeah, not so much. Uh, yeah, I did see it as a kid. Uh, I was excited to rewatch it again. I had not seen it uh, for some time uh, since I was five out. Maybe I had seen it again as a preteen or teen. But I remember uh, going to, I think it was a Portland State Comic Con. And there was – they had, like, someone – or Sally or someone had a – or maybe it was just a booth that had a Fire and Ice on it. And I saw that awesome poster that you see whenever you, like, look up Fire and Ice. It's probably mm-hmm. the cover image and stuff. I'm like, whoa, that's what it was like? Oh, I, I forgot. Oh, yeah, Fire and Ice. I can't remember that. And it must look as good as that. And we'll talk more about how it <laughs> was later Oh, I have opinions. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah, this is my first viewing of this film, and I, honestly, this might be the first Ralph Bakshi film I've actually watched too. Hmm. Which oh, is okay. you've never seen Wizards? I've not seen no, Wizards, and I've not seen the animated ones? Lord of the Rings yet. Oh yeah, I don't I, think I he saw, did Hobbit. He didn't. Uh, he didn't. And I've only Rankin seen bits and pieces Bastard of that. Hobbit. Do what? Rankin Basted Hobbit. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, this was definitely a new experience um i don't know if i could suggest it for kids because there's a, some language in here and uh, all the ladies are dressed rather scantily yeah so just bear that in
3: mind uh it was but, prehistoric era what do you want you want them to have like a ballerina dresses and then no not necessarily <laughs> so, i don't know what, what i would have
1: over here considering the setting i don't know what i would have preferred i'm just giving people a heads up hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah it's, like you like we said this is a prehistoric fantasy and uh your mileage will va- won't vary if on how you feel about prehistoric
3: fantasy <laughs> i don't think i'm a big fan <laughs> Well, have, I'm curious. Have either of you guys ever seen a Thundar the Barbarian? Yes. Oh my gosh. gosh,
2: I love Thunder Thunder the Barbarian. Love so it. So
3: this sort of made me think of that. Though I think Thunder is actually post-apocalyptic. It's not yes. prehistoric. It is. It's it has I guess the vibe I got was similar.
1: Right. Awesome. But as when we get into the writers, it'll make sense why they went with a prehistoric fantasy. So uh, Jacob. What are your thoughts? Uh, this is my first time viewing this film. Uh, I put it on the list because
2: I saw it was one of those underrated gems that like, people are recommended. And it was like, hmm, I never heard of this. I saw the artist and I was like, ooh, I really love his art. And Ralph Batchy, I've heard of Ralph Batchy. the are about
3: Frank Frazetta's art? Frank Frazetta. Yeah, thank yeah, yeah, Frank Frazetta, yeah.
2: I love his art.
1: Yeah. Um, I wish I could emulate some of that. That's amazing. Um, uh, and then obviously the director and apparently I, Thomas Kincaid could emulate some of his art since he was one of the background artists.
2: That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He was. So, uh, yeah, my first time viewing it, watching it was, I'd be like, I, I, for, from a visual standpoint, artistic standpoint, I enjoyed it the story itself a little wibbly wobbly a little bit here and there and a little bit of why in the world would you target this towards
1: kids i don't think this was targeted towards kids not from the director's uh, not from the creator's point of view mm -hmm. 20th century fox may have decided to do that which Mm -hmm. is a weird motive but it it was pg Considering some of the language, I'm surprised. Yeah. It was. Well, this would have been before PG-13, wouldn't it?
2: Yes, it would have been. That explains A3. a lot. So, yeah, my first viewing, uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. There are parts where it's like, eh, what the world are you thinking? But uh, if if this was set towards more of an older audience, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, it would have probably done better. But overall, I enjoyed it, but there's just a little here and there I have issues with. Right.
1: All right. So why don't we go ahead and jump into the spoiler-filled section, and we'll get to spoiling this thing. Yeah. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Fire and Ice. Listener discretion is advised. Fire and Ice was directed by Ralph Bakshi, who also directed the animated Lord of the Rings from 1978. Mm Mm-hmm. It was also written by Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway, who were very famous at Marvel and wrote the uh, Coon and the Barbarian comics over there. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And the characters were created by Ralph Bakshi and Frank Frazetta. Mm -hmm. Getting into the cast, we have uh, the physical model for Larn being played by uh, Randy Norton. And in something called Honky Tonk Freeway, he played Jeep Guy jeep guy jeep guy yes hmm. however william ostrander was the voice was was actually playing his voice and in the movie christine he played a character named buddy hmm. cynthia leak was the uh uh character model for tigra and uh in the great muppet caper she was one of the water ballet performers really yeah huh But Tigra's voice was played by Maggie Roswell, Hmm. who uh, played Helen Lovejoy and Maude Flanders in The Simpsons. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah. I'd be like, personally, I'd be like, I've watched maybe like one episode of The Simpsons before. Maude Flanders is the one who famously died. Oh, okay. And was the wife of Ned Flanders, the uh, heavily Christian uh, making fun of character. Oh, Stereotype. Gotcha. That's so the word I'm looking that's, for. That's, there we go. Yes. Uh, Steve Sandor, who I, from what I can tell, must have been both the voice and the live action model for Dark Wolf. Oh. And in the Star Trek, the original series episode, Gamesters of Triskelion, he played a character named Lars. Hmm. The character model for, for Necron was played by Sean Hannon, and he was an animator on the Smurfs 2 the Smurfs 2. Yes, the more recent Smurfs. Yeah, I, I gathered. Live I was like action films. Wait,
2: When was there a Smurfs movie in the 80s? No, <laughs> there
1: wasn't no, one. More modern than that. Yeah, I, I knew that. <laughs> but the voice of Necron was played by Steven Mendel, who played Splinter in, in a Ninja Turtles franchise. Which one? The Next Mutation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know the one made by Saban. Yes, with the turtle with the with Venus De Milo. Flow. Oh my God! True oh.
3: Splinter does not approve. It's
1: the less said about those Ninja Turtles, the better. You'll notice I never said Teenage Mutant because they—that's not it's, what the show's called. Yep, exactly. And uh, moving right along, I want you to guess once again how many oh. Kingdom Hearts
2: connections. Hmm, how many connections? One, two, four, eight. Uh, let's go with four. Try again. Two. Try again.
1: High, low. Ten. Goose egg. None. Zip- Zero. <laughs> Zippola. You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm gone. <laughs>
3: After we waited all this time well, for you to get, you're going to tell me that there's no fire and or ice in a Kingdom Hearts game?
1: There is, but none of the people who worked on this movie worked on fire worked on Kingdom Hearts in any way, shape, or form. You didn't say
3: Kingdom Hearts people connection. That's what the, That's what it's been. Oh uh, well, maybe we maybe we need to change the rules up here. Go prehistoric on this.
1: You're right. There was plenty of chisel pecks in Kingdom Hearts because of Hercules. <laughs> that's right. That's, there's your Kingdom Hearts connection. Wow. All right. <laughs> Jacob, you want to give us some info oh some info and stuff on this? Yes. So, info and
2: stuff. Um IMDB, it is a 6.5 out of 10. You can watch it on Tubi TV. Uh, and you can rent it most places.
1: Well, you can also watch it if you've got Amazon Prime, which ah. is where I watched it. Oh, okay. And supposedly it's on Pluto somewhere. Yeah, I tried watching it on Pluto. I couldn't find it. I'm
2: not... Gonna say it's not there, but yeah. anyway. But who was New ones. Our right. production was Producers Sell Organization. That was Producers.
1: Why does that remind me of uh, Food Fight when in the quote unquote oh, distributor yes. was the insurance company that yeah. bought the product afterwards? That sounds like <laughs> it. That's probably what was the whole deal. That's what it sounds like All with the name this, like Producer Sales. Yes.
2: Uh, distribution was 20th Century Fox, now 20th Century Studios. Uh, released on for some
1: reason not on disney plus
2: oh i wonder why hmm not even on hulu which would make more sense yeah that would make sense but anyway anyways nuance all right release date august 20 august 26 1982 i was but a wee lad very very wee lad
1: i was not even a twinkle in my daddy's eye. i was too You were too okay. (laughs) I figured I was the young buck here.
2: (laughs) All right. So, box office: that an estimated budget of one point six million dollars. Its opening was two hundred and sixty three thousand dollars on August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty three. Its U.S. gross, seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Its world gross is the exact same. This movie. (laughs) tagged <laughs> but apparently it's got a cult following you know
1: like most films like this have cult followings all right so home release you could say some of them are rewinding to their retro memories yes they could <laughs> wow that's a that was a bad pun i'm it sorry
2: <laughs> all right home release the film was released on vhs baymax Baymax, (laughs) (laughs) wow! Big Hero Six, and there's
1: your Kingdom Hearts connection. Exactly, Exactly.
3: Beta Max, CED. Come on, on eight track, also or laser (laughs)
1: disc. No, 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 capacitance disc, capacitance and laser disc.
2: Ah, yeah. Back in the day when it was like you had players that were that big. (laughs)
1: Let's just say when you hear one of those. Wind up, you don't want to be there if it ever lets loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just shattered everything in that computer.
2: But all right, uh, it was home, it was released by RCA Columbia Pictures Home Video in 1983. Good Time Home Video videos re released the film on VHS in 1988. In 2005, wait a minute. <laughs>
1: In two thousand five, this means that Twentieth Century Fox no longer has the distribution, right? Exactly. So this I'm, I'm getting to that. <laughs> I'm getting to that. uh recently, Not if Good Times Video has it. I used to have some like uh, old Gumby videos with that name on. Oh it. my gosh! <laughs> All right, so I think it was Gumby. It might have been something else. In two thousand five, was
2: released on DVD by Blue Underground Entertainment on a limited edition two disc set. Um. Uh, paired with the documentary uh, Frazetta Painting with Fire about the film uh, film's co-creator and producer, Fred Frank Frazetti. Am I saying that right? It's
1: close enough for me.
2: Okay, that'll work. The company later released the film on Blu-ray in 2008 and remastered it in uh, 1080, 1080p video. And it was, so it was a remake, uh Apparently, it's it has a much now early, much... A newer release in two thousand eight.
4: So it did it again. Okay, we're back. Okay, good.
2: You never know.
1: I doubt it. I really do doubt it. <laughs> Who knows? So that is all I have for info and stuff. All right, getting into the summary. From their citadel ice peak, the Ice Queen Juliana and her son Necron send forth a wave of glaciers. This forces humanity to retreat south towards the equator. Uh, Necron sends a delegation to fire to the volcano.
4: Ostensibly, the troops can abduct.
1: Jerry's beautiful daughter, Princess Tigra juliana feels that necron should take her as a bride to produce an heir tigra escapes her captors and comes upon a young warrior uh, named Larn, the only survivor of a village destroyed by necron's glaciers the two grow close but they become separated when larne is attacked by a monstrous giant squid and necron subhumans recapture tigra she briefly escapes again but runs into the witch relay R- 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 is that Raleigh. how you say that yeah i will go with that and her son otwa who really needs a haircut, who intends <laughs> to use her as a bargaining chip for incurring Necron's favor. However, the subhumans simply kill them and take Tigra to Icepeak. Necron refuses to marry Tigra in spite of his mother's plan, but keeps the princess as a hostage. While looking for Tigra, Larn encounters Darkwolf, a mysterious masked warrior who pursues a personal vendetta against Necron and Juliana. When Darkwolf holds off Necron's hordes, Larn continues his search and comes upon. Role's remains, which briefly reanimate and tell him how to find the princess. At the same time, Gerald sends his son Prince Taro to Necron to bargain for Tigra's release. With Larn as a stowaway on their ship, Taro and his emissaries reach Ice Peak. Necron refuses to release Tigra and insults her, inciting Taro to attack him. Using his magic, Necron forces the prince and his delegation to kill each other. Larn infiltrates the ice fork, is rescued by dark they travel to Firekeep to inform gerald who decides to give them time to penetrate ice creek and rescue his daughter until the glacier crosses the border to his realm forcing him to release the lava from the volcano to destroy the advancing ice with some help from gerald's dragon hawk riders they assault the fortress but only dark wolf manages to reach necron larn stranded midway during the attack finally finds and rescues tigra from juliana Dark Wolf slays Necron, but Necron's dying agony expands the glacier explosively, prompting Gerald to open the volcano's valves. The lava flows swiftly, overcomes the glacier, obliterating Ice Peak, Juliana, and the subhuman army. Lauren and Tigger briefly succeed in escaping the cataclysm. When they encounter a wounded subhuman, Lauren prepares to kill him, but Tigger stops him, and they embrace with a kiss. From atop a cliff, a smiling Dark Wolf briefly watches the pair, then disappears. Getting into the trivia. This film was filmed with rotoscoping. Yes. Very painfully, obviously so. Uh, It was filmed with live action actors and actresses in black and white with animation cells placed over every frame of the cast members to create an animation that's more fluid and realistic than standard animation. I have opinions, but mm. we'll get to that. Yeah. According to director Ralph Bakshi's commentary on the DVD, the animators found working with producer Frank Frazetta to be so daunting that some of them even fainted when Frazetta finished the set, visited the set. Mm. The filmmakers had a real hard time finding an actress with the right voluptuous physique to play Tigra for the live action version of the film interesting mm-hmm. even though the rotoscope performers got top billing in the opening credits ralph Bakshi had some of the voices of the characters dubbed based on what he wanted and the abilities of the cast for example cynthia Lee performing tigre during the live action shoot however the animation after the animation was done tigre was voiced by maggie roswell over a thousand background paintings were done for the film mm-hmm. more over eight to ten paintings were done per day the stuntmen who played the subhumans found working with Frank Frazetta to be quite frustrating because he gave them very specific instructions on how to move. Artist, right? Yeah. Two young artists working on the backgrounds of the two, two young artists worked on the backgrounds of the film. Both went on to be famous in their fields. One being Thomas Kincaid, known as the painter of light, and James Gurney, creator and painter of the popular Dinotopia series of illustrated novels. They painted the backgrounds exclusively in the style of Frank Frazetta, who was a producer on the movie. Uh, the two credited writers I already mentioned were uh, the edit- both served as editor-in-chief at Marvel Comics in the 1970s. Thomas took over the position from Stan Lee in 72, and Conway held it briefly in 76. Dark Wolf is never called by his name in dialogue in the movie. Mm. Tigris Panther, Chantaine mm. is the Arabic word for Satan. Hmm. And the two lead characters are in Tigra Do not face each other until 31 minutes into the film and have approximately seven minutes of shared screen time. That's all you need for love. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the trivia. So Francisco, what
3: is your first like for this film? Uh, The thing that really resonated with me was how much this, uh, the setup for this movie felt like a sort of your, Old school RPG, like there's these two mm-hmm. big forces opposing each other, and your character is just sort of caught in the middle. You're like some uh, just someone of no consequence, but you get sort of involved in the war through a bunch of uh, either uh, uh, lucky or unlucky or providential uh, events, and you go on to uh, uh, actually uh, have a I don't know, some effect on how the bigger esc bigger war escalates or the bigger battle escalates so i really like that sort of setup, uh with uh being sort of that that uh person that eh, he could i mean a villager could have been that but i sort of liked that that overall uh the overall way they created the story in that way Hmm.
2: jacob all right my first like might be uh not controversial but maybe a unfavored opinion, but okay. I like the the effort in which they did with the animation with the rotoscoping. Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> now, great. I'm not saying the 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 animation in this movie is the greatest in the world. I'm not saying that.
1: I, I'm, I'm actually saying it, it is actually very good animation. It's it is. Just, it is very good. But animation. Well, there are some instances that I will have to
2: talk. About. I agree. I agree with with rotoscoping being possibly the most difficult way to animate anything. Mm-hmm. You know, past or present. Mm-hmm. Like it's um, it was an achievement to do the film the way they did. I know Rob Batchy did that. I know. Uh, several animators did that throughout the 70s and 80s and the 90s, but I'd be mean, like, I appreciate the the effort and the uh, the grueling task of doing mm-hmm. that frame by frame, and I just I, I applaud for what they did with the, with the animation itself and how they uh, accomplished it.
3: it right. Like, so Jacob, if you love like grueling animation work, you must really love Thief and the Cobbler. I mean, that must just be right up there. <laughs> Four movies you enjoy? <laughs> Honestly, we like. I
2: from arts. We already voiced our opinions I, on Thief and the Cobbler. I agree, I agree, but artistically, Thief and the Cobbler artistically, I really enjoy. I really mm.
1: enjoy the artistic, like
2: expressionism. Oh,
1: yeah. The whole bit. that's right. I just said that. Yeah. What <laughs> you did? I, I didn't say I didn't. There weren't parts of Thief and the Cobbler I didn't. Yeah. I like. There are stuff. Yes. But, yeah,
2: I I enjoy the animation process in which they did, and there's some good mm-hmm. animation there.
3: I actually you also... I, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, do you also like more modern rotoscoping movies like Scanner Darkly? I didn't know there's one. There's another one around that time period, too, but I can't remember what it uh,
2: was. I haven't seen that one yet, but mm-hmm. uh, I definitely have to look into it.
1: I just created. Yeah. What were you going to So I, I'm going to jump in on this with my like and say that there is a lot of good. The, the rotoscoping does help with a lot of the animation mm-hmm. in this film. And it looks, a lot of it lo- does look really good because you get a lot it of, it's very fluid. It's very fluid. You, get, yeah, very mean, fluid. you actually agree. get a lot of subtle detail from the actor's performance. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, on some other instances but i mean you get some you get it's it's very smooth it's like the action feels very realistic mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. admittedly you don't normally get with that with cart with animation
2: mm-hmm. agreed
1: stylistically it is it does actually work even if it's not really my preferred style so mm-hmm. i appreciate yeah. the amount of art artistry mm-hmm. that went into it
2: all righty
3: all right so uh, francisco what's your second like my second like is the man the myth dark wolf i just yes. this <laughs> character i i loved his character design he's uh, my favorite character design of the this whole um movie i thought uh steve Sandorf, who voiced him did a great job really bringing this character to life and i this was the one character that i wanted to see like if there were going to be uh the continued adventures of Fire and Ice or wherever. I just I would like to see more of this character's story. Whether it was where he came from, or his adventures after, mm-hmm. I think I would have loved that. Or if this whole movie was focused on him, maybe. If this I whole movie yes. was, was based on him,
1: it would be much more enjoyable. Yes! <laughs> Instead of this odd <laughs> romance between two
3: characters that are barely on screen together. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but So I really liked Dark Wolf. He was my... my uh, my probably my ultimate uh, favorite thing about this movie. Ah. Uh, my second like
2: I would agree with you Francisco on that cuz like. Awesome. Yeah, cuz uh Dark I going to call him Dark Wolf. Yeah, Dark Wolf. Dark yeah, Wolf. Dark Wolf. Yeah, Dark, yeah, Dark Wolf. I want to call him Dark Hawk for some reason. Dark Wolf. Uh I enjoy the character himself be like Birdhead
1: whatever silver hawk exactly well, well actually that's the thing if you watch <laughs> that make if you watch that making of documentary uh-huh. that you sent me yes uh, it shows like the the actors in the original footage mm-hmm. and he is wearing an Indian headdress he was so it kind of oh, it kind of is I see why you keep wanting to call him dark hawk because it's that headdress was more bird like than wolf I would agree uh, I but could see that yeah I, I can
2: I can see that yes uh I, I agree be like I love uh dark wolf great character great mysterious Mm -hmm. character we really don't know him at all we really don't even know his name in the film itself but they they, never say it in the movie they never do and i'll I'll get to that later uh but when it comes to the the action and the violence they don't hold anything back in this film no when it it comes to like the the brutality and the the savagery in which they are portraying in the film uh i don't see more Though though they weren't going for an R rating. I no, think. they weren't right, going no, for an right. Uh they, they definitely uh pushed that PG thirteen film uh rating, which wasn't there yet. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh but I I I enjoyed definitely that time period of the, of the late seventies into the eighties where they were experimenting with different things, mm-hmm. trying to push yeah. the limit with yeah. um uh, with violence and gore yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um uh, and I be like, as art artists, when not, definitely there's artists, and definitely as a as a viewer, of films when you mm-hmm. when you see something, they actually go in and you murder you murder a character, and they're dead. It's not oh they disappeared for a while. Oh they went into the void or something from like
1: Yu Gi Oh or something like that. You mean uh, the nightmare? Was it the nightmare realm? Something like that. Something like effect. It's been but, too long. Yes. But Shadow Realm. It was shadow, the Shadow Realm. No go. Characters didn't <laughs> die; they got sent to the Shadow Realm, the Phantom <laughs> Zone in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh, apparently. In the American dub, when uh, mm-hmm. Four Kids uh, got the rights to it, the original mm-hmm. Japanese is very older than the audience Four Kids was going for. So uh, okay, when characters really? from in the Japanese version died, mm-hmm. which happened on a regular basis. <laughs> By playing a children's card game, I might add, <laughs> they got sent to the Shadow Realm in the American version.
2: And mm-hmm. it's quote another movie. God. The Shadow Knows. Anyways. The <laughs>
1: realm from which he came. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? My uh, old radio broadcast knows. <laughs> like my collection of Shadow uh, things. Anyway. Oh, uh,
2: okay. But uh, the, the way they... Definitely during that era, they would uh, you would see a character die on screen or watch like one of uh, the 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 uh, one of the goons be like he's like struggling in order you mean to... mean
1: the cavemen like, yeah the cavemen now got, that's what they were they were, they were cavemen they were cavemen that were like you know the, I, I swear one of those was frozen in the ice in a uh, Scooby Doo episode
3: <laughs> they're they're I think technically listed as subhumans subhumans, subhumans as have
1: their listed yes
3: I'm like, calling one, them cavemen yeah
2: like one of the subhumans <laughs> trying to trying to continue his uh what he's supposed to do, but he's dying in the process. And I love that mm-hmm. because they put in mm-hmm. so much detail of what how a character I, I know this sounds like, you know, oh my gosh, you like Gore Jacob. I don't like Gore, but I, I love it how they will depict something with such you, you like pick- the realism. Basically. I like the realism. There we go. Thank you. I love the realism. Why do you love
1: Gore Jacob? Jeez. I know. He's well, we know that Jacob loves his uh real crime true crime podcast I so <laughs> hey, i mean You've been outed taking column a looking at column b they're kind of similar <laughs> so you're saying the dogs the the dogs coming out of the bag maybe <laughs> maybe but, <laughs> maybe it's like yes i love love i feel like love violence and gore <laughs> no but i mean, See, all I this time was- you thought he was a uh a a corgi the reality is he's a rottweiler Uh, (laughs) have you actually heard me bark yes i have
2: it sounds like a rottweiler
1: (laughs) i'm just saying all you people at home who've never gotten to hear jacob bark it is not a cute thing (laughs) it's like no it's not (laughs) it's not it's not that but anyways
3: we're not here to talk about my Tourette's um (laughs) I i will say jacob that if this movie had like a lot less violence and gore it would felt like almost out of place agree like i would it would felt too much like a sam one yeah. cartoon as mm-hmm. opposed to i think agree the, the tone they were going for something mm-hmm. like
2: uh thunder of the barbarian yeah
3: exactly yes
2: but yeah i just love when they do realism in these kind of films definitely from the 70s 80s they didn't hold mm-hmm. back it was like hey we're going to show this and we're going to push the limits of animation we're going to push mm-hmm. the limits of film Mm-hmm. And I love that experimental age. So yeah, second is awesome.
1: The realism. All right, what's your second like? My second and final like uh-huh. was the music in this. Oh okay. It wasn't exactly memorable, I would okay. say. Yeah, admittedly. But I mean, at the same time, it was never a point where it didn't feel like it didn't fit what they were doing. It had yeah. this kind. It it wasn't. I think it was orchestral. I don't quite. They remember because i know it wasn't synth- synthesizer it was but i mean yeah. it, it felt like it was raw and always hitting the moments anytime they needed to be there mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. it was enjoyable i mean i mean i'm not True. going to go out and buy the soundtrack to listen to separately from the film at any time but... uh, sorry william
3: craft drew doesn't like <laughs> doesn't like it enough to buy your soundtrack yeah, that, there's a lot of
1: uh... movies i don't like the soundtrack enough to go buy it <laughs> Most of the time, that doesn't. It only really works with the film. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, enjoy, I my second like for this was the music. Hmm. So now we need to get into our dislikes. Yes, uh, Francisco, what's your first dislike for this film?
3: Okay, so um, and if it's what also, it is, I'll
1: have to piggyback off of it.
3: <laughs> well, no, I'm. So we we talked about. Um, I'm going to go from my favorite thing, Dark Wolf. He's uh, There's a side of Dark Wolf that I didn't like. And that's like, it's never really fleshed out how he's able to overcome Necron's power at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, Necron can make everyone with his somehow ice Professor Xavier powers, make people kill their other, like the the Fire uh, King's son killed his guard, mm-hmm. and all that, and he can make Larne not hurt him. And he could just do all these things. He can make big... Ice glaciers explode, whatever, and yet somehow Dark Wolf was able to push through that. What he like super saying himself up enough to just push through and kill Necron. I don't, I don't understand why obviously or how that happened.
1: Obviously, it was his wolf helmet blocking the magic.
3: That doesn't then they established that somewhere else. No, they didn't because, actually establish no, it. That
1: is me rationalizing. Oh, okay, well, okay. The, the, the that old... is Drew's fabulous fan fiction. It's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh my
2: gosh. The, the only way. thing I can rationalize it why is because of Dark Wolf's uh, his ambition and his his rage towards mm-hmm. Necron that he he pushes through, he endures what he's going through in order to succeed in what he's trying to do through what? his sure his sure will, his sure anger, his sure rage towards Necron. It's pushing him I, forward.
3: Did they set up why he hates Necron so much? I don't really know. No,
2: it's never explained. Except, so
1: okay, okay, then we're in the
2: same.
1: Let's back up a second. But I not there's no explanation given for this character throughout the entire film. I thought that he
2: just shows up. No, I, I hold on. I think it was uh, Necron had killed
1: his village, I believe. It's like everyone
2: else's, motivation. Killed everybody's village. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: it's, it's his motivation. That didn't tell me why he went and got a wolf hat and put it on his head well,
2: and, and, and got anti-magic yes, powers. Yes, yes, there's a lot of information about... Become magically know.
3: resistant. <laughs> By that token, Lauren should have been able to overcome because he... because I, I agree, his yes, too. I
2: agree, but it wasn't, you know, you know, yeah, it wasn't him. It was Dark Wolf. But Yeah, you know, but anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I completely agree with you. It's, it's a little bit of a, huh? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot in this movie that's not really explained.
3: Yes. I, I mean, I think— Wolf I had think ex sure. machina. But anyway. <laughs> I think what you said, Drew, makes a lot of sense. Maybe there is something about how he's maybe one with the wolf spirit or something. That's a, you, you, and
1: you that's just a theory. It. That is really know, just a theory funny. on that because the movie, like we said, doesn't tell you anything. No, it doesn't. And it's the only thing that separates this character really from everybody else.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: On the, on they, the hero they, side, they so—
3: easy for them to just seed something about him even like in that opening um, uh, not really a montage but where they have all the um, stills of Frank I mean, you mean the black art. text on the white background mm-hmm. no 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 the all the Frank Vizetta art that they that they do to establish the world they could have done something about uh, and also there was Dark Wolf uh, an orphan from Necron's uh, right re- uh, right, rage, mm-hmm. ice full rage. And he grew up with a secret helm that would one day allow him to overcome Necron's fury. I don't know. It's just as it's, it's, it's easy as that.
1: Right. I,
3: I agree with you. Cause it really should have given that
1: character more explanation because he really does feel like he comes out of nowhere and he's the excuse for why anything good happens when yeah. the guy's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Basically and, he's the Gandalf of this group.
3: Yes. Yeah. And then he, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. He's
1: never there. He's only there when they get into real trouble. <laughs> yeah, get, but
3: then and,
1: he's... and Lauren can't get out of it. Yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> But then he doesn't pass on his sort of like wisdom and sageness to Lauren no. so that Lauren can overcome. No, he he's like, well, Lauren can't cut it. I guess I'm going to have to
1: take care of this myself. That's because we only had an hour and a half in this well... film. And we had a large cast of characters we had to touch on, uh-huh. despite the fact most of them are forgettable.
3: Well, I didn't need Tigra saying, Oh, why do men get all the glory? Well, okay, let's see you fight. And you didn't really fight all that well. Tigra, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, ah, ah, oh there now I have to be in battle. Ah ah ah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. You know you were thinking it. Anywho. <laughs> my first
1: dislike for this for film. On. We talked about the uh the rotoscoping on this and how mm-hmm. for most of this film it actually does a it is actually very good, very artistically well done. Mm-hmm. The problem is, there's a couple of moments where it's like you could have drawn that so much better if you weren't trying to match somebody's bad acting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and the one that ju- and the one that jumps out to me is Necron when he's doing his magic, especially there at the <laughs> very beginning where I sets I got to thinking. <laughs> let's see, he's sitting on a throne. He looks like he's in pain. Necron, you're constipated. <laughs> He's having a seizure. No, not quite. That's that's what was happening to the other soldiers when he was forcing them to kill themselves. That's true. Okay, yeah. never mind. There's just so many of those instances where I'm looking at it going, y'all could have done this a lot better if you'd mm-hmm. have just not have stuck so hard to the uh to, to the rotoscoping on the faces. Uh, yeah. And maybe just done some more natural stuff to in the or or at least to get some decent regular acting because I mean, he's just doing all this weird stuff to kind of do magic. And of course, this is well, Lord of the what I, what I think of as Lord of the Rings style magic where it happens, but you don't actually see like beams or anything. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, meant to yeah, be it's yeah. an invisible force, which I like. Don't yeah, get me wrong, mm-hmm. and it works in the setting. The problem is it should have been more like forceful, I guess, for lack of a better term. It should have mm-hmm. been more of a, he throws his arm out and that causes the ice to go, not,
4: yeah, I got yeah. a poop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's what it looked like. I'm sorry. I agree. It looks like and he's the, constipated. And here's the thing. I was looking, when I was looking through the through the crew list for the research on this, I happened to see a name in the producer's list that explained quite a lot, despite the fact this name is uncredited in the actual film. Hmm. Roger Corman. Ah, Ooh, explains so much. Uh. <laughs> they, uh, granted, you look at the actors and then uh, that did the actual motion acting. Mm-hmm. They're no, they're all, they're all nobodies for the most part. No offense to y'all, guys, y'all. Um, for the most part, y'all did a good job, but for the most part, these are not you know B or C list actors. I- even that, they are mm-hmm. a lot of them are stuntmen, mm-hmm. which is fine. They act, which is good. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been more impressed if you'd gotten some of the voice actors to actually do some of this instead of having them come yeah. in afterwards because a lot of times the voices didn't match the actors yeah why well, didn't just mocap this i don't know what the well point. i don't yeah. want mocap specifically i mean that's kind of modern <laughs> rotoscoping but agreed it's, it's just i kind of wish it was better there, there was more cohesion and better thought yeah. process and and not sticking so hard to the the rotoscoping that you're even rotoscoping bad acting
3: yeah because mm-hmm. i mean at some level you're not making a live action film so take some liberties with yeah, I agree. the animation you're doing um and maybe they did and it just didn't translate enough maybe they should have pushed yeah. it harder but um yeah i agree with you drew awesome all right francisco what's your second dislike back to me um well i i made that crack about tigra's face but we won't go there again um i did not okay okay this movie sets up the story of the world of fire and ice with this really beautiful um highly detailed frank Frazetta Mm -hmm. uh sketch drawings you see, like, mm-hmm. the – the what's her name? The Necron's mom. Juliana. And she's Juliana and how she's uh, a, a sorceress and raises up Necron to uh, be able to control these subhumans. It's just this beautiful art. There's just these panels, these uh, stills mm-hmm. that you see as they're sort of this narration going. And then it, uh, like, smash cuts to Necron constipated on the <laughs> throne. Yeah, you're not and, kidding. <laughs> and it's like it's such a contrast between – I would have – I would have adored this whole movie if it was just black and white in Frank Cruz's like style through and through, like all his characters looked that level of shading and polish mm-hmm. like animated. I would have, that would have been great. I would have, I would have thought that was just such a feast for the eyes, even with this story. That's kind of like, no, no, no. um, but to just go from like very detailed to boom, let's have as flat as possible in our animation <laughs> style. It's like, what? is just very off-putting
1: yeah this film uh, definitely could have used a texture overlaid on
3: top of the whole thing to give it more yes depth. agree depth yeah exactly exactly and especially when a lot of the backgrounds like i have this one those watching the video of toward the end where like all oh, the lava is coming out of fire kingdom mm-hmm. i forget what it's called uh that, that, there we go Sp- sparky, sure. no, sparky. <laughs> i think it's fire keep sparky. oh fire keep that's right no sparky Sparky. It's, yeah. it's, it's, bar- it's, it's sparky now time. called Sparky. I, I, yeah. This <laughs> is official <a> Hellcat <laughs> lore now. <laughs> and so this is beautiful. Uh, and the backgrounds, a lot of them were very uh, beautiful, if not watercolored. And sometimes I felt like the the hard lines around the characters, um, that were scoped made it feel like they were even more out of place mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the backgrounds. But I digress. I I, I just thought that was. I, I almost wish they didn't have Frank Frazetta's arts in the beginning, and it was just white text on black background so we don't have such a, mm-hmm. a star difference between look at this beautiful art and now here's this we tried <laughs> <laughs> but we emulated the spirit of it not really let's whet your appetite and now yeah. we'll take yes. it away
1: <laughs> here's this amazing illustration and now what we were able to animate <laughs> yeah.
2: a guy sitting on his throne constipated
1: exactly so that, why couldn't they have lying? smash cut to something else and then showed him <laughs> right? constipated right give me an exterior of the cast yeah, or exactly the, the, you, the here. you don't need to go right to him because admittedly as soon as they went to him i based th- just based on the what was ha- what, what the narration was saying before i didn't know if necron was actually evil or if he was just un- if his mother was torturing him, so we jump cut to this. I thought, oh, his his mom is really evil. Look how much she's torturing him to make him learn all this dark magic. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, this is him doing it. This is just how he casts magic. And I go, how? That's sad. (laughs) (laughs) You need a better way to do your magic, buddy. Exactly. You need a
3: better focus. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's the thing I did not like about uh, Fire Nice. Jacob. All right, so my first like.
1: Ly- you mean your second dislike?
2: I didn't get my first like.
1: Ly- I esque. thought you gave your second dislike. <coughs> no, your first no,
3: dislike. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, then do it. Okay, do then. both of them. <laughs> okay, then. All righty, boss. Let's go. I thought you <laughs> or- did. Or let's go back to your likes again. I mean yeah, why exactly. <laughs> We're all over
0: <laughs> it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the fun. the fun. The cell cost is reduced. How wooed?
3: Hi, I'm Francisco. (laughs) Nice to see you guys here. Hello and welcome to another episode of (laughs) 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 Jacob,
1: give us both of your dislikes, please, if you would. All right.
2: So my first dislike would be the cringy and awkward romance between Tigra and Lauren. (laughs) Like it's just the yeah, it's it's so cringy and. Oh my gosh! I've never seen two characters set up for you know their the romantic interest of the film, and it's like these characters have nothing in common except be like, oh, here's this. Be like, oh, I'm going to steal this, but I'm not going to steal it. I'm like, I have no intention of stealing these, but am we were going to steal it anyway. You took a bite out of it, <laughs> and just like it's so awkward, and the transition with these two characters, and be like, oh, they're falling in love. It's oh. Like, yeah, exactly. There's no indication these be like, oh, but I care deeply for her. It's just like seriously, it was the the the, the trans the the way they did. Again, there's a lot of like, what the heck are you doing in this film? Um, just this the way they betrayed these two characters falling in love was it was one it was highly unrealistic highly enriched how these characters would actually be like, yeah, they stumble across each other. She's hungry. She tries to steal his food. She tries to explain that. I wasn't trying to steal your food. And, and, and what then were just, you doing? Taking the food. Exactly. And it's just, it's just so awkward and cringy. And it's just like, it's, I don't know how to describe it, except it's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's, that's yeah. of your romantic relationship between our two
3: main characters so i have i have a question jake sure have you done a lot of study of prehistoric mating rituals well frankly no so how do you know this is exactly <laughs> how it would have happened well,
1: because there's a lot of this film that seems more medieval than prehistoric i agree <laughs> it's like well francisco i'm not exactly an archaeologist
3: but i was giving you a hard time oh, I, I, know, totally I know. Yeah. it felt it felt very contrived that they would uh-huh. uh, fall in love. I, like I, I think it would have made more sense if uh, he like discovered her, like she was like defending, like she is hiding in. This is up. She is hiding in that wooden, uh, that the trunk of the tree, mm-hmm. and then um, maybe one of the those gross like um roly polies started attacking her and then he came along and like was able to kill it and then it's like oh wow it's like this you know you, yeah you save that me. makes a much more that... better setup for the, for the two characters exactly exactly and then she helps him through something i think that mm-hmm. would have been it would have been an awesome partnership in that regard mm-hmm. and really like forged a relationship as opposed to you have food i want food i, I steal it. your food you can't steal my food i love you pretty much Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. All right. <laughs>
1: so going, <laughs> going go well, a, go ahead. Just to keep everything separate. Go for it. So you don't have to, dis- well, why don't I go ahead and do mine? Go for it. And then we'll come back to you. That'll work. Okay. My second dislike is the existence of that, witch role or however oh, you gosh. say her name, because so much of that character makes absolutely no role. I don't know Rolel? how you say her name. All I know is she's, she's an annoyance halfway through the movie and she dies like very quickly mm-hmm. and then she shows back up later in the film and she's already a skeleton i was like how long did it take you to get to this witch's house after we saw her die this is mm-hmm. supposed to be taking place in less than a week and she's already well, a decomposed
3: skeleton because the the hut was burned down i actually went back i'm like because that confused me too i'm like oh it just they makes the sense. subhumans let the the sparks or I don't know how they did, it, but they knocked over like the, the, the the thing that had all the, the fire pit or whatever. Well, as, it over. And as gory as this country
1: has been, they didn't make this part gory enough because that's right. not that obvious. I needed to see the witch burn. Well, I mean, just leave the button but with you, fire. You just got to leave the camera on that hut for a little while so we can definitely see it's on fire. Uh, I'm Drew. Drew, there, there's no camera. It's an animation. There was an animation camera. Do you not know how cell animation works?
3: It's in the theater of the mind.
1: Bull. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> or, sh- or should I say wolf? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the character comes in out of nowhere, leaves just as fast. She does at least some good. She gets Tigger recaptured by the villains after we've had the, the five seconds of romance. That, yeah, that exactly. immense their relationship <laughs> and then she's al- somehow alive just enough to tell him oh, Necron's got her. It's like, I could have figured that out.
2: <laughs> Necron's Without, after, why are you torturing me? And
1: and then there's her son who is a subhuman yeah. and needs a haircut seriously. <laughs> the man looks like he's wearing a wig that's not, that was not animated originally on that body. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, I concur. It looks it, it, that layering looks worse than some of the other layering in this film. I agree. But anyway, that's my second dislike is that entire sequence. Mm-hmm. My
2: second second dislike of this film is oh my gosh, the jump cuts. The jump cuts all I mean, I know we put it around it here and there, but the the jump cut beginning where we go to Nepcron, Nepcron, Nepcron? Yeah. Necron, Necron, Thank Necron? Necron. Necron. And uh, him being constipated on the throne uh, to like every other scene is a jump cut to something. Yeah. There, there's no solid transition nowhere in this film. feel Like there's like, occasionally mm-hmm. one, but throughout it, it's more you have uh, the scene where Warren uh, is trying to find Tig- Tig- Tigra. Tigra, yeah, Tigra. not Tigra. I want to say that's, Tigra, that's, but that's a, it's a far better character.
1: Both of them, yes, yes both tigers. That is true cuz we don't talk about the third one. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Oh, never mind. How did you not catch that joke? I, I was not that sorry. Sorry.
3: <laughs> sorry. I still don't get it, but we can move. Thundercats. We talk the first
1: the, the original Thundercats is good. The anime okay. one is good. We don't talk don't about know, Thundercats good. Well, go. Or, whatever, oh, that's or what
3: you mean. I thought you meant like there are three different characters named Tigra. Okay. No, no Tigra. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever it is.
1: We don't talk about Thundercats. uh, That doesn't work. Moving on. The transition. Thundercats isn't Disney. No, and Kanto is. We don't talk about. That's a fun. (laughs) That's a fun joke to use anywhere. (laughs) No, no, stop. Not (laughs) allowed. Moving on. Yes, moving right along. (laughs) dig-a doom. -doom. But another Disney Disney movie.
2: But the transition in this movie are so bad. It's like, can you just put some little, like, great like, moment where it's like, okay, we're going to this scene, this scene? But nope. Boop, boop. It's like, where in the world
3: are we?
1: Yeah, there's never a fade, bla- fade to black or a fa- or fade between scenes or nothing.
3: Yeah, did you guys, um, have you, have you guys seen, um, what's it called? uh, 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 uh mad max uh fury road yes no i have not yes i have okay i thought okay, theaters. Well, so there was a little like a uh, feature ad or something about george i think george miller is the director of yeah, that because mm-hmm. he's the director um, his, of the original one yeah his camera work and how he keeps your eye in the same spot even as it moves from thing to thing. Like mm-hmm. it'll be focused on the steering wheel. Then in that same spot, as it cuts to someone else, the your focal point is still in that same spot. So your eye doesn't have to do a lot of work and figure out, okay, where am I now? Where am I now? It's very easy. You're just sort of locked in. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when the, it does move to somewhere else, it's an, an important reason for that. And so I think if it is going to smash cut, like you were saying, or j- do a lot of jump cuts, like you were saying, Jacob, mm-hmm. it would have been much more, it would been more, um, Beneficial if I think they were intentional. Yeah. yeah. How it seemed. none of uh, none of the cut cuts were intentional. Like, no, they weren't. We need to get to the next thing. Yeah. We need to, we need to tell the story. This part of the story now, instead of like, mm-hmm. oh, let's figure out. Okay, how artistically are we going to mm-hmm. show this? Oh, yes. and go Well,
1: this it, it, it does feel like maybe because they were getting close to the end of post production on this. When they got to the editing, they must have been running out of time and money, so they were gotten a hurry. Mm. That's possible. Yeah, that's very yeah, yeah. possible. I, I don't that. know if that's what happened. It's just that's what feels like it happened. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right. So that's the end of your dislikes. That
2: is into my dislikes.
1: So then we need to get into rating this thing. Now, of course, Francis, because I'm sure you remember, we use a uh, twenty point scale from zero to ten, with point five in the middle. <laughs> Do what? i said tragic got it yeah yeah we'll <laughs> go with it ah, ah. Well, tragic that would be a 2.5
3: i have i have a, a number don't worry
1: <laughs> okay okay so francis what is your, your rating for this film
3: uh so i give a solid strong 3.5 <laughs> <Whoa! laughs> that's <laughs> our lowest score outside a bad movie month so here's the problem with this, this movie is such a tease. It's like the quintessential tease. It wets my appetite for a sword and sorcery movie. And it doesn't help that uh, there are like very few, very few good ones out there. Agreed. So not only does it wet my appetite for them, but it doesn't deliver on what it set out to be in its, in of its own right. And then it wets my appetite for things that aren't even there for me to consume. So it, it just, it uh, scores bad points on all fronts. I was trying to think of a better way to phrase that. But nothing has come to mind because I'm so g- confuzzled by the badness of this movie. I am going
1: to rate it a five. Uh-huh. And Too high. And the reason high. I give it that much, if you remember from Bad Movie Month, my rule is if you can't be good, at least be interesting. And, yes. and there's a lot of interesting in this I film. Agree.
3: And there's a lot of stuff that, that I really want. It's very interesting how Dark Wolf manages to just cut through Necron's magic. That is really interesting, but it's never solved. I'm saw,
1: But if you let me finish.
3: No, I'm not going to let you finish. I'm, man, I'm, we'll
1: I'm, I'm saying there's also a lot of stuff in here that I really would love to see the Riff tracks guys uh, <laughs> talk about. This yeah. needs to have a Rift Riff tracks riff.
3: <laughs> absolutely
1: that would be a lot of fun to watch and make it a lot more enjoyable of a film so yeah i i that's why i'm giving it a five it is interesting but it's not you know 100 perfect uh jacob all right so i'm gonna give this movie a 5.5
3: 5. also give, too high too high guys come on come on it's, what i can't help come back down to reality guys reality. it's not that high of a movie <laughs> i'll be quiet go ahead no. tell me why it's a five or just rate a 10 while you're at it no this is nowhere near <laughs> a 10, 10. no I, it's, I, it's
1: i also would like to point out for, for people who have never caught this is that our we have a very wide swath of stuff from 7.0 to, to 9.5. So 5.0 is probably right closer to his 3.0. It's 3.5 it's, in it's reality. Severe. It'd be
2: like, it's the latter part of the middle, like the latter part of the middle when it comes to scoring for me. Anyway, um, th- there's a lot of be Like there's a lot of interest in the film. The animation style, which they use is interesting. Like artistically is very good uh the 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 execution and a lot of it isn't very well done the the nothing is really explained like whatsoever for the story uh but like obviously the 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 intro is introduction yeah but there's like our character like our favorite character of the movie dark wolf is never
1: explained who he is what he's doing here and how do you get the name dark wolf that's because if they had explained that, he would have become the p- protagonist of the film, and that yeah, was not exactly. their intention. Because they recognized he was the most interesting character on screen. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So yeah, I'm just gonna give it a five point five. It's in the middle. It's in the middle somewhere. Be I mean, like, would I rewatch it again? Maybe just to like just
3: tickle that that bunny bone. Would Would you watch it again? Not for free. I, I mean, would. You had to rent it. Would you do that to watch it again? To rent it? Hmm. Probably. I, I would if the Rift Tracks guys were talking about it. <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah. i just. Well, are we are we rating a Rift Tracks version? No, we're no. the just, I'm just
1: saying that's the only way I'd watch this
3: film again. Here's the thing: if you're not willing to pay money to rent this, it is not worth. It is not a five or higher. It is below five. Come join me in reality, Cellcast crew. Come on. <laughs> Before we do
1: that, I need to put this in perspective. Have you listened to, Leo, I have you listened to our episode?
3: Okay.
1: have you listened to our episode on Leo the, the Lion?
3: lion. <laughs> I have not. Is that the Disney like short? No. Film? Oh. No, it is the worst film we've ever reviewed. Oh my okay. god. What am I thinking of? What's what's the Disney Lion? The, the lion Cowardly King? Lion? Is that what it is? I don't know the, the Lion it's, short. It's a Merry Melody. Uh I, I thought Disney put together anyway. Mary Melodies know? is Warner Brothers, my friend. <laughs> Whatever it
4: is, <laughs> I do one
1: of Those <laughs> cool things. That Disney's does. was Silly <laughs> Symphonies. Yeah, that's what I said. You no, know what I I still don't know what lion you're talking about.
3: It's the one with the this cowardly or something. The As Wizard lamb of Oz,
1: lamb. We've something. not reviewed the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh my god.
3: <laughs> <laughs> in summary
1: 3.5 that's where this is <laughs> anyway this is going off the rails and off the rails fast of course. Next. yeah because you guys are in fantasy land with five <laughs> we're delusional I, 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 francisco do you want me to give you some homework oh, gosh. i will give you three films that will make you understand why we're rating this just a little bit higher than you
3: you know what you know i will take I, I'll, I'll watch one of them hit me with your best shot here Leo the, the lion. lion okay Leo it's, where am it's I It's on Amazon then? Leo the, the lion. lion it is garbage it is
1: absolute garbage. Uh, garbage am
3: I like gonna be in for like a three-hour epic here no, it's an, an hour and one. a half okay so comparable to the fire night yeah,
1: yeah. okay, okay it's an hour and a half and I believe my official final rating for this thing was that I could not call it uh, absolute burning garbage, yes, because that would be an insult, insult to absolute
3: burning garbage. garbage. <laughs> That's impressive. All right, all right. So, In, and what did you rate that then? Zero. Oh. A zero, okay. All a zero. A right, zero. we
1: both rated that a zero after we said we will never rate a movie a zero. We did <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> two episodes later. <laughs>
3: See, and I'm not even saying this is a 0.5. I'm giving you like three points above that. Right. I'm
1: just saying this gives context as to why we're being so nice to this (laughs) film. (laughs) Either way, next week, yes, we are going to be reviewing Megamind.
2: A better film, hopefully.
1: It is a much better film. (laughs) So join us next week for that. But in the meantime, We are going to hit the bumpers. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, what we've been watching, what uh, what we got in the news, and we may have an interrogation to do, maybe. And then we'll be talking about X Men. So join us on the other side for that.
2: This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media.
1: This week we suggest Playing Games with Strangers. Playing Games with Strangers is a family friendly, actual play tabletop podcast where indie or voice actors get together and play tabletop role playing games. You can listen to the adventures unfold as they roll dice, slay monsters, and have fun, all at playinggameswithstrangers.com. The Cellcast would like to
0: thank the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, pauljpowers.com, and Melanie Dubois. To get your name on the show, plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast Plus reviews, and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon.
1: You've been working on it for weeks. <laughs> I have, but you get it. You get. We'll get it when we get it. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. So, listening to our bumpers, you probably noticed we have a new member of the Culture Box. Woot woot! Playing games with strangers. I have actually been listening to this podcast since it launched. What two years ago? Really? That sounds three about years right. ago. I am caught up. Three, I, yeah. I think. I think actually, I have not listened to the most recent release. I'll say mm. that, but uh, it's actually a very fun show, and I actually do suggest it. Uh name nine maybe not for kids. I will say that. Because there's a lot okay. of not not because there's a lot of dark stuff happening. Mm-hmm. So just bear that in mind. But yeah, yeah, I do suggest it.
3: Of course, you gotta keep in mind that also Drew suggests fire and ice. So I... I didn't suggest fire and ice. <laughs> you rated it a five. That's still a failing grade.
1: Watch Leo the Lion, you'll understand. We don't pass until seven. <laughs> All right. Anyway, are y'all ready to jump uh, well, I,
3: back up? Yes, and go check out Playing Games of Strangers.
1: Yes, awesome definitely game go games. check them out. So, guys, I have a question for y'all.
0: What have you been watching?
3: Francisco, let's start with you. Let's see. Uh, I've been trying to watch some older movies, and I unfortunately have been, not been able to finish any of them, which is kind of frustrating. But I tried watching a movie called uh, Red, uh, Red River with uh, Bruce Boxleitner in mm-hmm. it. He's like a cowboy, and like a, they're trying to get a, a – uh, uh, like think of like City Slickers, how they're trying to just move a, a cattle drive from – I think it's from Texas – to St. Louis, something like that. That would make sense um, if they
1: have to cross the Red River.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, only sort of got started in that. Then another movie I only sort of got started in was called, um, uh, a Black Moon Rising, I believe. It has Tommy Lee Jones in it, and hmm. it's almost like a corporate espionage movie which seems really interesting but it's like set in the 80s so it's funny like the 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 tech is very like like very um archaic compared to what we have now it's no mission impossible but that's even i mean Tom Lee jones uh brings himself to this and from what i've seen so far uh so i'm excited to go back to that um let's see what else have i been watching uh saw some episodes of x-men The Animated series watched that recently yeah um and, we'll oh, get and uh, here in a minute and i'm about to we're close to a i assume boo is going to get unlocked in the boo saga in dragon ball z just because if it's the boo saga it'd be kind of anticlimactic if he never comes out of his egg but, <laughs> uh, we're uh approaching that in a dbz mm. you're in for a trip <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, I'm just gonna say about yeah, you guys, uh, Jacob. All right, so I
2: watched a movie I recently picked up from Disney Movie Club. Mm-hmm. It was a two pack, and it was the Hunchback of Notre Dame. The nice. uh Hunchback of Notre Dame came out in 1988. Never De- seen it before. Divisive film. Yeah, agreed. It's divisive. I actually enjoyed this film. I I really yeah. enjoyed it. The the storytelling. The, the the conflict between the who, uh, what, not what, but of Quasimodo and to obey his master, his adopted father, or go out and see the real world. And you can see a lot of possible inspirations for mm-hmm. future films with this. And uh, I think it was a film I just, I, I had no interest in. I think I had started to grow out of cartoons, but I really hadn't at that point. Right. But uh, after watching it was it was a wonderful treat watching this film. I was very <laughs> surprised by it, and yeah. Esmeralda, oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> uh Wow, Hunchback was ninety five, right? Ninety eight, I believe. I could be wrong. in my mind. It was the same year as Toy Story, but admittedly, I can be wrong about right, that. Right,
2: right, right. I will do a quick look for that. I remember
1: part of the reason I didn't watch it was ninety six. 96, 96. 96. Okay. 96, okay, 96. I remember there was oh, there was a Christian boycott that was or Baptist boycott that was going around at the time, which is why I didn't really part of the reason I didn't watch it, but mm-hmm. then I was also eleven.
3: Okay. Oh Here. I'm sorry, it's nineteen twenty three, actually. I would oh, not the been one. I would not have been, Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, come on, Paul. Come on.
1: <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I, I have watched that re- relatively recently, like yeah. in the last 10 years. I really, I'd be like, again, I really enjoyed it. I love the
2: conflict that Quasimodo goes through with the entire film. And uh, it's um, uh, there's a beautiful scene where uh, Esmeralda is taking uh, uh, taking shelter in the church. She's taking mm-hmm. the sanctuary. And uh, there's a beautiful scene where all these people are praying and they're praying for themselves. They're praying for wealth and prosperity and their wealth and their health at all of this and Esmeralda is singing this very beautiful song of uh, praying for her people praying for those she cares about and praying for those that uh that uh, that are the downtrodden
1: the whole bit mm-hmm.
2: is what mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. As, a, as Christians those are what we're supposed to strive towards is not to pray for ourselves yeah. not to pray for our own our own wealth and our you know prestige like even Christ even commands us not to do that but rather to be humble and pray for others and pray for those that are that are lost and pray for those who are less fortunate than us. And so I found that really moving in the middle of this film. I was like, wow, this is really good. And uh, great movie, great, great movie. And then um, just out of a whim, I, I had bought this uh, DVD Blu-ray uh, bundle pack, bundle of movies a couple of years back. And uh, I bought with the bundle uh, Sequest DS9, DSV, DS- I was
1: gonna say DSV. Yeah, yeah DSV. I'm, I'm sorry, be DSV. Because DS9 is a different yeah, thing.
2: Yeah. DS- Why did
1: I say DS9? Because it's Star Trek. Because you got <laughs> a, you've watched DS9 or DS9 thing recently, like yeah, in the last year. Yeah. And those are
3: you, you just yeah, mixed a lot of. So agree. I love it when Cisco is like just really driving that submarine around. Really yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Through the whirlwind, instead sort of the wormhole. Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh,
3: that
2: I I remember watching this like I remember watching the premiere when it happened in two thousand in nineteen ninety three, and I thoroughly enjoyed this series when I was a kid. I was like, oh my gosh, it's underseas, it's sci-fi stuff, and it's a dolphin. <laughs> but this is actually a really really fun show i watched the the uh the pilot movie mm-hmm. and it's really well done the the sets are where really, you get roy Scheider snyder mm-hmm. in in the in snyder. the main role yeah. and oh my gosh this man can act Be I mean, like oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was a terrific actor and uh be like yeah most of them like you think roy snyder jaws mm-hmm. but he's so much more of, like an adept actor than mm-hmm. like i never expected in jaws 2 yeah jaws 2 wasn't the rest of them i wonder why
1: uh because they became very cheap yeah agreed jaws 3d oh yeah and the 3d was so good in that one yeah Jaws just especially especially that shot of the shark just slowly moving towards the camera like a lifeless husk yes as it's supposed to be coming towards you to bite the camera
2: yes (laughs) so cheesy so cheesy uh so yeah i watched the first episode and i got into the second one before i came over here and uh that wasn't the reason i was late uh we will go in that on air um but uh i thoroughly enjoyed it i plan on continuing that and so yeah i i, I kind of went back to my childhood and watched something from the
1: early 90s what about you <sighs> I haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot this week hmm. because I got distracted by a video game. Huh. Uh, what video game would that be? Uh, Final Fantasy 14. Oh <laughs> by Constance addiction at this point. Hmm. <laughs> but uh I did watch a movie before y'all came before we got ready for tonight. Because okay. I was trying to finish editing on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's seven, a, I guess. Since it is Cinco de Mayo today, as we're re recording. I felt I should watch a movie that takes place in Mexico. And it's a classic film that takes place Man on fire. No. It's a comedy that takes place in uh in Mexico. Oh. Three amigos. Yes! Let me go. Oh, okay, <laughs> I thought so. I was gonna in fact, let me do it the right way. The three amigos. <laughs> 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 i haven't seen that movie in years i i had to i needed something that i could kind of just watch and not pay a whole lot of attention to Fair. there while i was finishing up the editing something i could pause for like 15 minutes as i'm trying to get through certain parts of the thing and then could hit yeah. play without without really worrying about okay where was i in this story uh-huh. <laughs> while i'm waiting for the computer to render something <laughs> uh so i watched that this afternoon and i realized something about halfway through this film really hmm. galaxy quest stole uh pretty much borrowed this plot Hmm.
3: yeah and this plot i think it was you borrowed from other films as well this yeah. is not a but this is very either commonly used from three amigos or three amigos borrowed it from somewhere else which i don't know where.
1: i i don't know but th- that doesn't change how i feel about any of the films so I just thought, oh, that's interesting. I had never caught that this is basically Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. Before, or vice versa in reality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is pretty much what I have been watching. So, Jacob, what do we have in the news?
0: The Cellcast News with your host Jacob Heron.
2: i think you deal it and getting into news we're going to talk about a movie that i knew drew loved to death i think we did it in our first year or second year i can't remember which but i remember he loved this film to death
1: i'm not sure if he's being sarcastic or not <laughs> i don't know
2: all right so the latest century in a certain movie franchise began with richard rich's 1994 hit can you name the
1: movie drew richard rich Richard rich trying to think of what we, we watched reviewed, in the first we reviewed two years it. and
3: i i understand ooh, this ooh, fire and ice no no uh, we're viewing it right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was within our first two years uh, honestly i am not making a, the connection
2: the swan princess
1: <laughs> you were being sarcastic <laughs> see There's a movie that could die in a fire. (laughs) Booyah. Frozen's a better movie than this. Not possible. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes.
3: This Fire and Ice is better than Frozen, so. Whoa.
1: That just shows you how much he doesn't like Frozen. (laughs) Apparently.
2: oh my gosh all right so getting back to the news uh the 1984 hit hit the swan princess will take fans back in time to see the enchanted story be- from the beginning in swan princess a fairy tale is born a new cg
1: animated film running 83 83 minutes remind me about something here isn't this like the 20th film in this franchise it's something like maybe like the 12th it's as bad as the land before time <laughs> uh, agreed, agreed except the land before time the first movie was actually a good movie <laughs> the first movie of princess and the not princess and the frog that's a different movie A <laughs> better movie of the swan princess was garbage and I don't think that's the fault of the source material. <laughs> so I, 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 saw this, I was like, Ooh, this would be
2: fun to take edge drew. So yeah, going right. back to some actual really good news, uh, illumination Nintendo's colorful Easter egg riddled video game adventure, the super Mario brothers or bros movie continues to blast through box office levels. Um, uh, Attending feats the most impossible, most impressive in a pre-COVID cinema buzz this weekend. The Universal Picture release passed another milestone, uh, which on Sunday it passed one point. Um, it passed a billion dollars, helped by a sixty-eight point three million dollar boost mm-hmm. from over eighty overseas markets uh Reaching right now with a total uh, of a total of an international total of five hundred and thirty-two point five million dollars.
1: If I'm remembering like money, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, though, that puts it right under what was it Frozen's global total? Yeah, I, I think it actually beat Frozen total already. Has it? Because yeah. I, I know we are getting close be- because this movie is coming out on digital, like within the next week or so yeah it's that's kind of start undercutting what it's been doing at theaters mm-hmm. which is unfortunate but. yeah that's
2: true but yeah it's like yeah super mario mo- movie the super mario bros movie is making bank in the theaters and i cannot be more excited it is awesome
1: i saw it it was twice. a very fun movie i need to go watch it a second time
2: i, I saw it twice
3: on a date which was awesome
1: yeah because she was not happy that we saw
3: it without her <laughs> You, she like, was like you a saw little, it a little twice on the same date.
1: No. No. Like, no, 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 no. We saw it on like opening weekend. Yes. Somebody forgot to tell his girlfriend we were going to uh, the movie, and she apparently wanted to see it, so they saw it last weekend. Yeah, we did. My mistake. Sorry, Ashley. I, I was not me. invited on the second nice. trip for obvious reasons.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh
2: sad.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be the third wheel on their date. Which is what made Suzume weird. But anyway. Because <laughs> that, that was combination podcast work and your date night.
4: Kind of, yeah. Because
1: y'all didn't... I don't think... You know, yeah, because the Saturday is when we went to see... uh, Went to that uh, art museum. Yes. Anyway.
2: Yeah. So that's all I have for in the news. Unless someone else has more stuff about anime movies.
1: I don't have anything. So okay. do we have something for... Interrogation.
2: <laughs> yes, we do interrogation, as most of our uh, audience listeners know. That whenever we have a guest, and Francisco is our is our uh, captive for this evening. So we ask our our lovely captain here uh, a little few questions about his animated history.
1: So the, the good news is this can't be claimed as mutiny, as we're not on the pod. Mm, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Francisco, our beloved
2: captain, Roy. Yes. Uh, so, what was the first movie that you
3: saw in theaters animation wise? And, it, like, was it Fire Nice? No. I, that honestly, the first movie I remember seeing in theaters as an anime movie mm-hmm. was um, The Little Mermaid. Though I'm pretty sure I saw one. I've seen one earlier, but that's the first one that I remember. Oh, seeing. gotcha. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
2: All right.
3: So, what was one of the animated movies? Uh, tv shows
2: you loved as a kid
3: <sighs> i loved a lot of the disney afternoon as much as i hate disney <laughs> it used to be good um and i really loved dark green duck ducktales yes mm-hmm. um Chip and jails rescue rangers i really enjoyed voltron for a time g1 transformers wait did you say just one or one g1 but, but it's, it doesn't matter but you just keep going uh, keep going you didn't, he didn't hear us stop you but <laughs> <laughs> Um, change into turtles. I, I guess if I have to pick a favorite um of all animated shows that I've ever seen uh growing up, it'd probably be Beast Wars just because oh. of the arc that Dinobot takes. Good choice. That one. Very nice choice. Um but even though I'm I, I'm very skeptical about what they're gonna do with the movie just because of where the Transformers franchise in movie form has gone. I agree. But it may be fine. But yeah, Beast Wars, I'll I'll go with Beast Wars. Okay, excellent um so
2: what was the f- ever since like you and now your, your lovely bride ashley are are married um mm-hmm. what was the first animated film you two watched together
3: oh <laughs> well but be- before we were married we actually watched dragon um dragon Ball. vampire hunter d bloodlust oh uh, there's a date because- movie <laughs> yeah, exactly well, because- we're gonna cover it for the podcast, okay? And so uh, I wanted to introduce her to it because there's a um, a movie that I really remember enjoyed. She ended up uh, liking it, uh, so uh, that's that was pre nuptials though. Uh, post, I don't know if I remember what it would be. Probably something for the podcast for the retro my podcast. Probably, Probably a Little not. Stitch. But we we really got into. I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> really got into uh, <laughs> like uh trading films i mean i guess i could bring it up and see if i could find one but i know um she really wanted me to experience dragon ball z because she mm-hmm. and her brother watched that a lot growing okay. up and also fruits basket so those aren't movies those are shows yes and that's but fine i would count those mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> so obviously throughout this interrogation i hear that your disdain for disney films yeah. What what is your what you,
1: you got that? Good. Okay, good. Yes, we know your heart has been tainted.
3: Um tainted or frozen solid? Um, corrupted? No, or I've finally seen the truth. I've taken the red pill. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm I'm aware of the matrix. The red that has pill. you. Guys, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you're just acting more like one of the seven dwarves and I don't mean happy.
3: Oh jeez i'm not dumpy i don't know what you're talking about i was referring to grumpy that's, anyway <laughs> that's, ne- that's necron he's dumpy.
4: <laughs>
1: oh my gosh so
2: um with your disdain for disney yes is is there a disney film you actually like is yeah the animated film
3: yes what is that one of them <laughs> which one <laughs> we need a name um, no i know um let's see uh I mean I, I really I haven't seen uh, I haven't really sat down to watch it was sort of on in the periphery when uh during spring break uh I actually wanted to watch Beauty and the Beast and I that probably would be pretty high up there but for me Aladdin I really enjoyed what Robin Williams the genie mm-hmm. of course I really like that story um so uh I I do like Hunchback of Notre Dame that's one I didn't care didn't have any interest as a kid but as an adult, I really enjoyed it. Oh okay. but I think I'll I'll go with Aladdin. Okay, okay. So
2: throughout your uh your course of um reviewing movies and animation through, uh, the Retro Rewind podcast, uh, mm-hmm. what was what is the your favorite anime movie you reviewed so far
3: on your podcast?
1: And bear in mind some of these might have been erased from history by Jared.
3: Good point. They might have darned Jared. Uh. You sure don't know what we're, what we're talking about. about. Go listen to the retro rewind. <laughs> yeah, and our ships logs episodes. I didn't see um, those. I'm just perusing through the anime movies we've covered real quick. uh Jared, the, the I mean a lot of the, the anime, anime ones. Wait, w- w- you said which? Oh, d- which Disney one has no, been just my favorite? Just animated, animated.
1: animated in general. Animated in general. Okay.
3: Oh, you know what? The one that really sticks with me a lot is Akira, um hmm. both because of. It's sort of feats of animation and mm-hmm. also um, just what it says from, a, like, a very uh, sociopolitical message of, like, the this government takes these kids to just be weapons. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see a lot of the theme, those similar themes in the Montauk conspiracy mm-hmm. or Stranger Things. And there, it's interesting because I watched Akira Cure around the same time I saw 1984 for the first time, mm-hmm. and there's similarities. And it's like, uh, uh, there's this one, there's this one uh, guy who makes a T-shirt that says "Make 1984 Fiction Again," and sometimes in the world we're living in, I feel like that's really ringing true. So, yeah. Akira Cure yes. sort of. Uh, sticks out in my mind not that there's going to be a kid with psychic powers that destroys everything mm-hmm. and, and turns into a blob monster or anything like that but it's just what it says about if you just like the government or some some elite faction that's like above the government sort of run things mm-hmm. you got to be aware of, of that and also when you just sort of give in to nihilism this is sort of what the society can become mm-hmm. um, sort of on the I'm going to give the counter to that so that is I guess the black pill let me give you the white pill. the iron giant oh my gosh Mm, if there's a a story that like i I was actually talking to paul my co-host for the podcast hey paul what what movies are like easter movies that aren't like uh the witch in the wardrobe and he gives me some i'm like no well that takes place during easter like ben-hur or what have you but no it's it's not a christian movie but it has very much an easter like resurrection uh, sort of theme and like iron giant came to mind for me i'm like oh yeah that's that is he he, he sacrifices himself to save others and he's in a way resurrected at the end spoilers for iron giant mm. sorry but we yes. already reviewed yes. it viewed it what beautiful well, so, yes. yeah so no yeah spoilers here yeah yeah so i'll say those are my two like very dark and very bright okay made films that all right so uh knowing that
2: you have children and you're a father be like, oh wow, doxing
3: me! Thanks a lot.
1: It's not like we said where you were, outer space. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly, outer space. you
2: know, somewhere in the cosmos, deep, deep in the 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 uh, I don't know the uh, origami sector. I don't know the
1: origami
2: sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. exactly yes. where I'm at. Yeah, we'll go with that. Either or. outside
1: uh, of deep space station K22. Yeah, something like yeah. That. So uh,
2: sequence DS9. You know. What is a uh, a show or or a movie that your kids love, and you just you you have that a uh, um, movie or TV show that you and your kids love.
3: Well, for for some reason, my daughter really connected with the Cry Kid, and so she really she really sort of, yeah, connected with that. We watched it when she was about seven, I want to say, and so that's actually I've been able to uh, look back on that and say, do you remember this part? Cry, a kid. She's like, yeah, and and actually like be able to speak some like truths that happened in the movie and like to reflect what's going on in her life. That's happened. Uh, it's happened very very occasionally, mm. but it has happened more than any other movie. Mm. So mm. that would be that one for for um for my daughter for my son. We don't quite have a movie yet. He he likes Goonies, which is interesting. Like whenever we're trying to decide a movie, he he'll be like Goonies. I'm like. But my daughter doesn't like Goonies at all. So <laughs> it's it's tough to get that one played. But um uh, I'll say for... The, to answer this question, Karate Kid.
2: Okay, awesome. Yeah, Karate Kid was a favorite movie when I was a kid. I yeah.
3: loved Karate kid. And I haven't shared that with my son yet. He may connect with it as well, but yeah, he hasn't seen it yet. Cool. So anime-wise, do you like anime? Yes. Okay.
1: He did mention Akira. I agree. He did. Thank you.
3: But... Did I
2: though? Maybe. Did I? I don't know. Am I recalling? Me- is, <laughs> is my recall memory just fading away into nothingness? Maybe. 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 Probably. I blame it on Jared. Yeah, yeah it's Jared's Jared. fault. Yeah. But uh, so, what anime series do you find yourself drawn to? Be like, if it's a show you watched back in the past, more recently, and it's just like you find, be like, why well, do I have nothing to watch? What anime series do you? automatically gravitate towards
3: probably like uh, i've already i've already watched it a couple times through now but um rising the shield hero i was actually having the itching and it's itch just the other day to go back and watch it through it again okay because I, I just i love that series so much um the first season is certainly superior to the second season um but i still a lot of people don't like the second season I, I liked it for what it was i thought it went to some more fantastical places um for those that don't know do you want me to give a recap or just move on to the next question uh either or it's your guys' show you tell me what you want <laughs> yeah you can do it
1: in a recap. It's an let's move 3.
3: on. 3.5 iron <laughs> ice to 3.5 <laughs> he five.
1: will never I let this one down will. Really? no he's not going to Next time I'm on the retro read three point five A five.
2: Are you mad? Are you mental? And, and then and then he'll watch uh Leo the Lion. It's like, yep, you're right. <laughs> we'll see. I, we'll see. You
3: very well could be right. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it, but oh my gosh. I got so mad at that movie.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so uh well, going
2: I'm back, um uh, so if you, if you had say your child or your lovely or your lovely bride to so be like mm-hmm. I really want to watch this Disney movie you need to watch it with me what'd you do it
3: yeah like Ashley really wants to go see Guardians of the Galaxy volume three yeah. and just because she wants to serve a uh closure to the series wants to see how it ends and so I'm willing to go see that okay um but I wouldn't probably seek it out myself even though I liked the first two quite a bit okay. um but but what if it was a Disney movie that, it, is that is movie. a Disney movie. No,
2: it's a Marvel Studios movie. But by his yeah. definition, de- by, okay. The okay. by his fair, definition, fair. Star Wars is Disney. Okay, fair exactly. enough. A Disney so... animated movie. Animation oh. studios. Animation studios. Uh, if, if if one of, if one of your
3: loved ones said, "I really want you to come watch this movie with me," it depends. It depends on what it is. Oh, okay, it, like what the story is and what have you. I'm most likely not going to happen. But if it's If Disney does a 180 and starts telling what I would classify as good stories again, I I wouldn't be terribly I wouldn't be um I'd be open to that is what I'm trying to say.
2: So what what is your definition of a good Disney movie?
3: Like well, Aladdin. I think sort of a, a hero's journey uh type just a uh typical hero's journey. Uh there's the the un, un, what's the unlikely or the unwilling protagonist, uh, there's a call to adventure, they don't want it, but then something happens and they have to do mm-hmm. they have to go on the adventure they go and find uh, they go on the quest, they slay the dragon, they get the item, they bring the, the item, whatever it is, back to uh, the village and then that changes the village for the better, something like that and uh, Aladdin's not quite doesn't has some elements of that, it's not like a strict uh recounting of the Mm -hmm. the typical archetypical hero's journey, but I want stories like that. I just really enjoy that type of storytelling. It doesn't necessarily have to be that there's can be, I have, there's lots of comedies, uh, like rom-coms don't really stick to that as much. Uh, but those, those are delightful for another reason. But if I don't see Disney doing a rom-com really as an animated movie. So if, uh, if they were to go back to that, I would appreciate that. And I feel like you got some of that with, um, Ah, Mulan. Now, like Mulan. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not beyond Disney, but apparently they they're more interested in my my uh, estimation. They're more interested in pushing a uh, political message than they are in telling a story. Okay, fair mm -hmm. enough. Completely fair. All right. So I just like my three point five (laughs) range.
1: Anyway, anyways. I think our interrogation is over for with. All right. So we need to jump into our review of X-Men, the animated series, as we start one of the better story arcs.
0: Previously on X-Men.
1: Sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically-transisted superhero. And exotically-erotic
3: and aquatic superhero. viral superheroes have arrived. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar.
1: So, Francisco, before we get into the review, I have to ask, Do you watch X-Men
3: growing up? Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. Though, Yes, I'll leave it at that. I was about to launch into Yes, I, I did who, enjoy growing up. Who was your favorite X-Men? There we go. Or yeah, X-Men Cyclops. Villains? Like, Cyclops. A, okay. like a straight-laced individual, mm-hmm. Cyclops. All right. Nice. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Hey, I was a fan. I don't know how to like, take that. Other than you must know I have good taste. Yes. I. Yeah, of course. That must be it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time.
1: We are actually reviewing the first two parts of the Phoenix Saga tonight. And they Ooh. actually have episode names, which I didn't realize until mm-hmm. the episode started. Uh, so the first one is Sacrifice, which first aired on September 5th. 1994 and the second one is the dark shroud mm-hmm. which uh, uh, aired september 6th 1994 i have a very clean suspicion that we're about to get green with evil with this i suspect all five of these episodes came out the same week
3: <laughs> probably of course i managed to miss most of these i might maybe caught the first one and then the third one i don't know how this but, i hey, I,
1: I, I missed this whole arc as a kid Oh, I, I, I came it. back in at the Dark Phoenix Saga. I didn't even know there were two until we were getting set up for this.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, there's another saga after yeah, this? Yeah, same there's season. Yeah,
1: it's at the end of the season. We have the regular oh, Phoenix really? Saga here and then the Dark yeah. Phoenix Saga at the in like a
3: month. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. In this episode, Professor X's visions lead to his decision to blindly send the team to commandeer a space shuttle on which they are attacked by the Shi'ar Agent Eric the Red, who plans to ambush the rebel Lilandra, when she exits a space wormhole, also called a black hole. Jean Grey experiences a transformation as the shuttle travels through an energy field. A psychic probe in the form of a beam of light causes Professor X to emit a psychic projection of his dark side, which then attacks the X-Men. Professor X retreats to Muir Island for rehabilitation, but is visited by Lilandra. These episodes were, of course, as all X-Men the Animated Series episodes were, directed by Larry Houston. And these episodes were written by Michael Edens and Mark Edward Edens. Guest cast for these two episodes, we got Lawrence Bain as Eric the Red. Rick Bennett as the Juggernaut. Lally Cadeau as Dr. Moira McTaggart. uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Ratchford as Sean Cassidy, a.k.a. Banshee and Camilla Scott as Alondra. Trivia for this episode, this is the first appearance of Banshee in the show and the first appearance of Eric the Red, and it has cameos by Yuriko, a.k.a. Lady Deathstrike, Mm -hmm. Sabretooth, and Deadpool for the third time in yeah. this series yeah. and he has still has yet to say a word yet which throws me <laughs> off i am sorry i recognize this was like right after the character was created mm-hmm. so the deadpool i know is not really existing yet
3: because he didn't get well, that, Ryan he Reynolds get that like... mouth till 2005. Well, Ryan Reynolds was like three when this came out, so what do you expect from him?
1: No, 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 that's not, it's not Ryan Reynolds that I like. I actually read the comics when it was still good before I got mad. <laughs> before before it got dirty is what I'm trying to say. Oh, Super okay, dirty. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, it's just saying it throws me off. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the StarCore space shuttle that the X-Men commandeer to reach the space station is similar in design to the NASA STS-type shuttle in use at the time. While the spacesuits bear more of a resemblance to the orland suits used by the russian space program however i'd like to point out they were all wearing the star trek next generation com badge as their symbol on their on their uh <laughs> shoulder patch yes which really made me wonder was the uh oh what's his name the the the, the doctor that they actually let go up there on the sh- on the ship with oh yeah i forget what i kind of wondered if he was wearing a red shirt under that spacesuit. suit <laughs> He didn't die though. No. no, but he got knocked out a lot. That's this is because this uh, is Fox kids. No one yeah. died here. Did you catch how easily they stopped from saying the word dot beast from saying the word die like at the last second
3: of the Charge of the Light Brigade. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like this is like this is Fox. People don't die, they get destroyed. <laughs> ours is not to reason why, ours is but to do and go to the realm.
1: Yeah, pretty much. This is the first appearance of Shiar Commander De Ken and his sister Lalandra. DeKin is seen in the monitor talking to Eric the Red while Lalandra appears only as a figure in a spacesuit. Telepathically calling out to Professor Xavier, both appeared previously during Xavier's vision in uh the previous episode Out of the Past. Though they uh she does have more of a role in part two. Some of this was taken from the trivia from both sides. Anyway. In the hospital scenes, Beast is wearing a t-shirt with Howard the Duck on it.
3: Yes. And I, was, isn't that Howard the Duck? I saw his yeah. duck, I wasn't sure which duck it was. It was Howard
1: the Duck. Yeah. Well, it's the only one they would have had rights to at the time, could have been because Howard the just du- a generic duck. Do Ex- you don't know how many, how many Marvel, uh, little uh, cameos and egg and uh, Easter eggs are in this show? This is just another one of those. Uh, when Professor Xavier is speaking to the X Men in the alley before heading to Muir Island. A fox poster can be seen on the wall, uh-huh. which makes sense since this was aired on Fox Kids. Yep. Lalandra Naramani makes her first unmasked appearance to Professor Xavier on the second episode, and when Professor Xavier's dark side is attacking Wolverine and Subway, he first appears as Sabretooth and then Deadpool, as I said earlier. So, Francisco, what is your thoughts on this episode?
3: For on these two episodes. <clears throat> uh my thoughts. Are that they were interesting. Are we? Are we are we doing spoilers? I'm sorry. If yeah, I'm, spoilers. yeah, spoilers. Remember it. Spoilers. We're assuming okay. people watched it. Okay. Um. So I don't understand the point of Lalandra having a bug helmet if she's not a bug alien. What's the point That's of a that? Very good question. Agreed. <laughs> Why? It's just, I feel like it's just to throw you to make you think this is a sin- sinister person. Mm-hmm. But is that really that helpful if these other people are the ones that are hurting them? I don't, I don't know what's going on. And now. then so, how, then how do you fit all that big hair
2: in that, bit, that yeah. helmet? It should have been crimped or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what
3: what was going on there. Where's her hair um, Let's I'm, Get her hair right. And I, like I said, Hammer I, don't, space. I don't have a lot of context for what's going on because I didn't read the original comic. I don't know how this whole saga goes, but I'm not really sure what the point of like an, uh, professor X's psyche going out and causing mayhem is, um, like why, why t- trying to get in touch with little Andre did that? Or was that the, uh, the other guys that were doing that to him? It was confusing as confused about what was happening and why, like, I can't tell you Cyclops, what, what what i'm seeing except i i mean i narrated it sort or you could sort of understand because i had to do some dialogue during the intro and i could have just shared all that with you but no i can't do that but you why do you tell me what was going on it's your fault no it's your fault oh my gosh can you someone take the responsibility please
1: unfortunately that would probably be storm and she's 3. already had five unfortunately that would probably be storm and she's had way too much uh, uh, focus in this series so far oh really yeah yeah no, i one, so one season one season uh, one point uh, hammered home she has claustrophobia three times and one of the with the same flashback yeah. except it's animated differently every single time yeah and in one of them she was white oh. <laughs> not kidding <laughs> go back and watch it season i don't one. mean a light African skin, I mean, white, <laughs> pasty white, like exactly. as white as you are, Francisco.
3: <laughs> I'm coffee color, thank you very much. Anyway, cappuccino over here,
1: white chocolate, anyway, <laughs> white chocolate mocha, Maybe cinnamon chocolate, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, Keep going. I'm going to agree with you that there's a lot of stuff that seems to be thrown at us that they have not explained I'm being yes. reminded of last season's trip to the Savage Lands that never explained anything about sure. what was going on there Very true. Yeah. other than let's just have a random scene of Xavier and Magneto walking around
3: i was disappointed i wanted to see magneto in this i'm like it would have been cool if Magneto came out and actually was the one stopping like dark charles or something but that wasn't the case and why do you want to know a piece I, uh, of fun trivia sure uh
1: after was it was halfway for the fifth episode the fifth episode of season one magneto never does anything villainous again in the series
2: nope never
3: does After that, he never does anything villainous?
1: nothing villainous
2: (laughs) at all. Nothing
3: villainous.
1: He's he's an antagonist, but as in terms of, you know, the villainous Magneto terrorists that the X-Men have to go stop, no, never happens He's just just always helping them half the time. It's weird.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That is weird. He
1: was involved, like, like in nearly every episode of season two when he and Xavier were walking through the Savage Lands for no apparent reason that they ever actually said... (laughs) Um, it's
2: like oh we were drawn to the savage land and we can't get and, out
1: and why i don't know no. mr sinister wants us here and we they want an excuse to keep xavier away from the, the mansion all season so they can actually focus on every other character for a change <laughs> yeah it, yes pauljpowers.com yeah. he was the leader of the bro- evil brotherhood of mutants the brotherhood of evil mutants the thing is they have barely been in this show and most of the members we think of they're working for other people true
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Anyway, so I, also Dark Charles or whatever. Like, why <laughs> does he have a cape? What's the that? Was that was my favorite part. Like, let's see. How do we cape show this is
1: an evil Xavier? We can't do a uh a goatee because that's just too obvious. So we'll give him a cape. A <laughs> twirling mustache would be even better. It's like, and, and we're gonna have him like hate on every single Thank
3: everyone. You. No capes. <laughs> it's so silly.
1: Uh I, I I blame the fact that this is the same production company that were the the the, the producers of the show are the same people who produce Power Rangers. Oh so so on yeah I I blame that. <laughs> fair. Uh oh man. And plus this is 90s comics. This a lot of this is just going to be fun. That is true.
3: Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: And and obviously, this is like the second part, the first two parts of a five-part story. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of this is going to get wrapped up in the next couple episodes of our show.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe not knowing this, knowing yeah. Men.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it just, it felt like a filler element. And again, I don't know if this was in the comics, but it didn't seem, there didn't seem to really be a reason to have this whole evil Charles dynamic. It seemed like it would have been much more clear for, him like to just go from not sure what's going on in the hospital with jean to like you know what uh cyclops you take over i can't handle this right now i'm gonna go to ireland yeah well it's mirror island
1: which is a fictional island off the coast of ireland
4: yes
3: okay so go hang out with luke skywalker and have him. I wish that was Luke Skywalker. Way. And
1: <laughs> that's bomb. Banshee, and he's going to get very mm-hmm. annoying very fast.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, so, that I, I think I would prefer that. Jacob.
2: Yes, I got distracted.
1: <laughs> I noticed, but it's your turn to talk. Uh, yes. What are your thoughts?
2: My, my thoughts on episode three of episode
1: one three. and two of one two and three and three four. and four of three season four. three sorry Thank sorry you. there were two other episodes yes. before this that technically it, did did it really do any setup for this It did. Other, other than show oh there's alien there's an alien spaceship on the planet yeah it's it and up. now we're going elsewhere also the worst fire graphic i've ever seen in television oh my gosh <laughs> so episodes one and two of this season were like what in
2: the world are you doing animation wise here it looks cool they use a lot more black tones than anything else and Uh, now we're back to normal (laughs) yeah then we're back to normal we're back to the normal animation i'm like okay well that's a nice fresh relief uh i would agree be like there's a lot of where charlie what are you doing at least explain to what's going on to the kiddos be like they're out of the loop be like you're like hey you have to go to space it's urgent why i don't know just do it i'm your teacher go
1: And I find I, don't I understand why I, I would like to also know is what's Rogue doing right now exactly? They found a really good reason to keep Xavier, Storm, and Jubilee off of the space station, yeah. But the best they could do for Rogue is she's off on another mission,
3: yeah. That was really weird. And okay. like, X Men in this series, I love her dynamic with Gambit, mm-hmm. and yeah. So, I uh, yeah, I'm bummed that she wasn't in it.
1: Also yes. when evil Xavier was going oh, off yes. doing his thing, why why were it was everyone so close to each other in New York City when they're all supposed to be just doing their own thing? Why are they all coincidentally like I know they're on the same island because it's all Manhattan, mm-hmm. but I mean they seemed like it was too coincidental That is uh, after Xavier, evil Xavier got done torturing Wolverine. He happens to run out in front of the theater where Gambit and Jubilee are waiting in line while Gambit's, of course, hitting on another woman. Of course. Again, it's Gambit. Yes. Uh, That Cajun uh, pride will get you anywhere.
3: (laughs) Oh, don't you know I know about the Cajun pride? It's so. so, I mean, the women I had to bat them off with the, the stick.
1: We are not having him oh, on for Princess and the Frog. I'm just saying.
3: I mean, I know you don't want to on someone with the authenticational accent. Uh, whatever.
2: But I I enjoyed the episode for what it was. The the story was like uh I enjoy this episode for what it is. The the story is good. There's a lot of be like Charles is not giving an explanation, even though I think one of us said it before that he's giving the dialogue at the beginning of the episode, but he doesn't want to share that with anybody else, which is frustrating beyond belief to any of the characters. Like, yeah. And then
3: he sends an alarm throughout the school where presumably there's kids sleeping. All next Men report to the danger room or whatever it is. Uh-huh. It's
1: like, there have been no you- other children seen in this show. Yeah.
3: Hey,
2: That's a huge the, the
1: mansion. A the, this is a very yeah. exclusive private school. Yes,
2: very <laughs> exclusive.
1: <laughs> Just bear in mind, season one, it got destroyed by the juggernaut. So true, but they didn't know it was the juggernaut. They thought it was Colossus because yes. you, because you got to you got to attack the Russians, the Ruskis. This is not my good Russian accent that I did earlier, <laughs> but anyway, it's
3: not as good as my Kijon. That's uh, no fact, though. No.
1: I don't do good unless I talk about uh, crushing a sparrow egg between men's thighs. (laughs) Oh my gosh! But there again, we we get this more it's center
2: focus episode with Jean Grey and her determination that she is going to pilot the ship and like willingly sacrificing herself in order to save her friends and the Phoenix swooping in the last second and saving her and. Giving her the Phoenix powers, mm-hmm. which I, I love it when you give a character a spotlight. Definitely with this, and it's really enjoyable. um There again, Phoenix doesn't really show up until I think like the, this episode it's one. It's the
1: beginning percent. of episode two when she, yeah. when Phoenix actually rises out of that's, the water. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Like the very end of if you of if one, you don't count the the episode. flashes that did not translate well to Disney Plus of the Phoenix. Uh, oh my gosh! I, that, that's that is the downside of having to watch this on Disney Plus since I don't have the DVD. Is mm-hmm. all of the editing choices where there's obviously supposed to be like single frame shots do not translate well, and plus Disney Plus darkening every bright shot to, for the epilepsy people, mm-hmm. which I understand, but I would still like the ability to turn that off, yeah.
3: please. Yeah, why it was so dark through? I seemed like it was dark throughout. Yeah, anytime they F-O-I? were, anytime
1: they were, they would show like bright light energy effects. That really did this bad in the previous two episodes. Uh-huh. Disney Plus literally darkens that so that the flashing lights can won't trigger epilepsy. Yeah. And people who Why are not susceptible just make that to
3: an it. option though.
1: Because I do not have this issue and I would like to see it the way it originally was. I
3: do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It should be an option yeah, to turn agreed, that off or yes. on.
1: And it's not. And it, sh- it should be. Have I but mentioned not. how
3: I don't like Disney? Have I mentioned that?
1: Yeah. This is not just a Disney problem. This actually is being, I'm seeing this in a lot of places. Yeah. It is a very common thing to do nowadays for accessibility, I get. Yeah. But for those of us who want to see the original, I would like the ability to turn that off, please. Mm. But anyway, besides yeah. that, that's my standard rant when it comes to this stuff.
2: Uh, overall, I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the episode, our episodes, let's say that. Uh, actually when I watched last week's episode or episodes one and two for EAS, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just continue to watch it
1: because yeah, you probably watched all five episodes by now.
2: Not quite. I think I watched like four of them. I think I didn't watch all five of them, but oh my gosh, this is just amazing. It's, it's amazing storytelling except Charlie, not, you know, for Professor Charlie, not telling anybody anything, even though he kind of knows what's going on. He's not telling anybody what's going on. I'm telling you everything I know. It's like, no, you're not. You're lying. I can see it right through your bald head. Come on, wheels. Give me the information.
1: <laughs> what they call you? Wheels? <laughs> oh, exactly. That is what the um, kid called the kid in the wheelchair in the Burger King kids' Club. Yes, yeah, called it <laughs> <a>
3: Wheels. <laughs> something sort of uh uh jumping off of that jacob yeah is uh, i agree that the storytelling with with this was well done um and i also like that they even they they still um gave each character uh time to use their powers because mm-hmm. that's that's something that i enjoy about the x-men i don't really care about four uh like four or five <laughs> characters going into space i want to see them use their powers. so you're always seeing mm-hmm. wolverine cut things open mm-hmm. and um you can gambit will use cards occasionally cards occasionally a lot of jean gray using her telekinesis mm-hmm. like uh, making people see other things that they shouldn't see uh cyclops i i surprised cyclops can stun people with his laser. yeah i'd like to, to know, know when he got work? the stun
1: setting on that <laughs> yeah. thing yeah. <laughs> you know phaser to then,
3: stun he also there's this one moment where he's trying to knock out um i mean it's dark professor xavier whatever but he um he lifts his shades up, it looks like his eyes open, and it oh, waits yeah. for his dialogue to be done before it actually shoots the okay, yeah. like, okay, that's not really how that it's works. It's like okay, but, so right.
2: he can open his eyes, no blast effect, but when he wants to, do, zap.
1: They forgot <laughs> exactly. it was not one of those episodes where they allowed him to use his actual eyes. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Oh yeah. There, oh, were, yeah, there yeah. have been a couple of those. It's like, oh yeah, uh powers don't work here. So yeah, uh, Cyclops, you're going to use your eyes again. Yeah. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the Savage but, Yeah, I, I, I liked it for what it was as well. I thought it was interesting. It's fun going back to this. I think it was more nostalgic than it was, oh, wow, this is amazing. Where has this been all my life? Mm-hmm. Um, but. That is that is my take on it as well.
1: It has been a nice nostalgic trip. Admittedly, a part of the reason this got put in the vote originally mm-hmm. was because of X Men '97 being released. Mm-hmm. Was it sometime this year?
2: Yes, yeah, sometime this year.
1: So, and we wanted to go through it in time for that. Plus, we assumed people wanted to hear it too. But at the same time, we both kind of wanted to watch the show again. So, uh, it's been a long time since I had a chance to. Especially now that they actually been- have the episodes in the right order on Disney <laughs>
3: What has your guys' favorite episode been so far? Well, that was the one with the with my
1: favorite Russian, uh, as in as they were in Winchester, New York, uh, trying to find who destroyed the Xavier Mansion, and they thought it was the Russian, but it wasn't the Russian; it was Juggernaut. also the gambit episode
2: yes the gambit episode because i
1: i I knew nothing i know nothing about gambit normally so so the fact that we had a whole episode where it featured this was gambit's backstory yeah and it's like huh that's kind of cool yeah also that episode like came out what two weeks after the comics came out yeah it's based on yes and then of course a rogue story yeah, because, were, oh my gosh, Rooks because it, oh, it's, yeah. it's nice seeing Carol Danvers come up and especially exactly. after the MCU. That's right. <laughs> Treats her like a Super Saiyan. But anyway, that is what happens in that movie. I, I She agree. goes Super She's Saiyan saying, at the end of it. I'm sorry. She
2: does. I agree. I agree. I, I've never heard someone say she goes Super Saiyan. And but then I Rogue agree? puts yeah. her in her
3: place.
1: Yes. Still don't know how, because I think even in the comics now, Rogue still can fly, but Carol Danvers is no longer stuck in her coma. Don't know how that works. Yeah. It's comics. Well, I mean, Rogue gets to keep the powers, right? Yes. Not Well, usually when well, she steals powers, pa- usually when Rogue steals powers, yeah. she has them temporarily, but then they go away That's after right. a while. She held right. on was- to carol danvers for too long which is why she yeah. got had them for such a long time and while why carol Dan- danvers was in a coma for so long
3: oh i thought she died i thought she killed carol danvers no
1: no she was in a coma even
3: in the comics well she didn't do it right that
1: was their excuse mm-hmm. to have uh the other two ms marvel show up at the time but anyway
3: Yes, like Geek Devotion. She held on Ms. Marvel so long that the powers became permanent. Yeah, that's why I thought. Which still
1: makes but. no sense to me. It does not follow the logic of those powers. Now, you want to blame it on something silly like, oh, it's because she had the Tesseract or the Space Stone or whatever. It's like, okay, maybe I can accept that, but still. I don't know. That's To me, the best way to introduce the X-Men into the MCU is to have at the end of the marvels was it later this year when that comes yeah. out I want uh, Rogue to show up and just take her powers and then Carol Davis is just in a coma at the end of the movie <laughs> It's like hey Rogue's here and she did what I wanted her to do
3: <laughs> who, who would you cast as Rogue though I, I have no idea Warframe,
1: like, I am at a Warframe point now was. with MCU characters it's like don't cast anybody I know cast somebody I don't know and have them blow
3: me out of the water because your writing is not doing that Marvel See, I don't think they can do that because they're not going to get good writers. So they have to cast someone that I know that I'm going to like.
1: You mean like Harrison Ford is Red Hulk?
3: Is Harrison Ford going to be Red Hulk?
1: Yes. Yes. Because he's playing Bob Thunderbolt Ross after uh, John Hurt died. And that means they're probably
3: doing Red Hulk. (laughs) No, I meant someone new. Not Bob. Bob. I called him, Bob. <laughs> called him Bob Bob, Bob
1: Ross, Bob Ross. that's like the, yes, anti- uh, I'm that's the that. anti-red hulk
2: yes I'm, I'm gonna paint these lovely flowers over here
1: you <laughs> get some uh, titanium white now yes, no? yes. <laughs> <These> <laughs> anyway do y'all have
3: anything to add before we cut out for the evening I mean two plus two is four uh, that's a good thing to add so two it's two not a surprise two.
1: that next week <laughs> On, for our x-men review we're going to be looking at the dark phoenix saga parts three and four you mean the phoenix saga yeah, the part phoenix three saga, saga parts you're, three, you're four. getting ahead four. of yourself brother i just want to see her kick the shiars
2: butt okay agreed, <laughs> agreed. i agreed i i do have to say be like i mean like
1: wait so, that's not even in the dark phoenix saga that's much later well never mind then
2: moving on uh, moving right along the 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 thing i want to add with uh francisco your background oh, amazing not that the audio listeners know this what it is yeah
3: is the best yes i'll get out of the way real quick this it's is one the of the best x-men has ever been age of apocalypse i know it's like an else world not really the thing Yeah, Joe Maderera. i love the concept of magneto heading up the x-men because charles xavier dies he's with rogue somehow mm-hmm. the, their son is named charles Sabretooth is the main leader of the x-men with wild child here uh-huh. like he has to keep him on a leash you got uh let's see who else and uh, wolverine and g gray are a thing like, Wolverine yeah. has a hand cut off I, I don't know why i like the new character blinker th- at least Boy, no, i love me blink. in this love blink there's oh there's so much i never f- finished the whole series uh, this is like the one thing one like marvel thing i'd love to get the omnibus of one day mm-hmm. is age of apocalypse uh but the the few comics i had i just adored and so that yeah that's what yeah. that's why i'm showing behind me
2: look look up the cover for astonishing x-men number four it okay. is freaking amazing it's jarman Rare, the same artist who did that it's just probably one of his best covers he ever did
1: but while you're doing that francisco why don't you tell us where we can find you on the internet?
3: Uh, you can find me at retrorewindpodcast.com. also on Twitter at Retro, pretty much everywhere on social media it's retrorewindpod. but our main site where you can find us reviewing movies and games, me and my co-host uh, Paul j Uh, and uh, we usually have a guest host uh, or two join us to review movies and games that are 15 years or older letting you know whether they're still worth your time today. retrorewindpodcast.com.
1: Did you believe he's been doing some anime uh, cartoon stuff the last couple weeks and he did not invite us?
2: Say what? <laughs>
3: Is this what this This was a big ambush. I see, I, I, San Francisco. I didn't know about this, me. one. yes, why are, you, why are you ready to fire and ice? Oh, you, you like fire nice? Oh, come on, just be on the show with us. Oh, yeah, have a few laughs. It'll be great.
1: You but act now, like we didn't have you scheduled is, on this long before is,
3: you have, didn't yeah, you invite us. See, you don't, you guys don't know this. Drew is a mastermind. He's like Mr. Sinister, he just has all these plans, he's ready to go. He's like he's he's Tetrising all the his his Dude, you medication. did better than me in the Tetris
1: tournament. So hot <laughs>
3: <laughs> I never beat your score.
1: All right. Well, I didn't say anything about that, but well no, I take uh, it back. You did actually days. beat that first score you submitted. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. For like two days, and then we yeah. all got trounced by
3: yeah daryl's like oh, oh you know let me just uh, drop this 300 000 score what the jump daryl how'd you do it
1: anyway y'all have else anything else before before we hit the hit the outro so mm-hmm.
3: i'm looking at astonishing x-men number four. Oh wait this is 2004 no is there like a certain one i should be looking at because uh, that was no, uh, astonishing
2: amazing. x-men uh the astonishing x-men run back in the early 90s so oh, two, it's one, two, three, four, and the fourth. Is cover. it
3: the one with Rogue, sort of looking? Exactly. Like this? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah I love great. that cover.
1: That anyway, great. I need to bring the episode to a close.
3: Uh, I think I actually had that that one. Yeah, I've got two of them now. In the well, meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, this is, I want you all to remember. Three point five. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This
2: is Jacob.
1: This is Francisco. And we'll catch you in the next frame.
0: You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at GGeorge759.
1: I'll update that one day. His Twitter
0: at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at cast underscore cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box media networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell, with a single L.
3: Fran sis three point five.